Hey, and welcome to Becca Babbles Podcast, the show where I will teach you to be the best version of yourself by learning about yourself, body, and the world around you, or at the very least, give you a good laugh. I'm your host, Becca. Now let's get babbling. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Becca Babbles Podcast. In today's episode, I wanted to go over the topic of flexibility and stretching and how you might not be using it in the best way that you could be and that there's something else that you could use to prepare for your workout or just your daily life in general or getting ready for a run or weightlifting session, whatever you feel like doing. Um, I know for me, stretching was introduced to me of course, when I was doing like gymnastics and yoga, but also there was a heavy emphasis when I got into sports where it's like, okay, you need to do that warm up before you start practice. A lot of it was like basketball or cross country where it was like, we need to do these stretches or it was like, okay, you're getting ready for a workout. So we need to do some stretches. And what my coaches would have me do is be like, okay, get feet, hip, feet further than hip width distance apart. That was a mouthful. And then you bend over and then you stretch and you have people like me who have a past history of gymnastics and we're like, okay, I'm holding this. I get to count. It's fun. I get to be one of those leaders in the front who like counts and tells everyone what stretches to do. But then I also had my friend next to me who was hating that whole 30 seconds of counting and wished they weren't there because they're not that flexible and they're super tight and their legs are just shaking. And I feel like that wasn't the best way to warm up for our runs or for our workouts or sports or whatever. And don't get me wrong, I love a good stretch and I like stretching after a good workout. But again, there's a time and a place for stretching and before a workout is not the best place to put your stretching or flexibility practice if that's something that you're interested in. But before I go too deep into everything that I'm about to talk about, I wanted to define some terms just so that we're on the same page when communicating in this podcast or if you just didn't know these words in general. And the first one is flexibility. And the definition for this is the ability to stretch soft tissue that allows complete range of motion of a joint. So when you think of this, think of like you're in a yin yoga class and you're holding a stretch for like a long period of time and this would be considered a passive stretch so you're not actively stimulating your muscles or your neurons in your body which I will get to in a second defining that you're just literally just laying there and you're stretching out now you might be thinking okay what is range of motion and I will define that for you That is the measurement of a movement around a specific joint or body part. So again, this is if you think of going for like a squat, this is going from that standing position up to where you can squat down. And a lot of the times for most people, it's usually 90 degrees, but sometimes depending on the person's range of motion, they either can only go above 90 degrees without form breaking down or they could go lower than 90 degrees without their form breaking down and that specifically would be defined as your end range of motion so that would be how far you can go without injuring yourself and a lot of the times that would be with load or without load and that really helps when you visualize like a squat because only certain people can go 
a certain distance without their form breaking down. That's think of it as like your form breaking down instead of like how far you can go. Because I know for me, I could go a further distance, but my form would start breaking down and that could cause injury. Now, mobility, a lot of people have different definitions, but I like to define it as having active strength through a range of motion. So instead of having that passive range of motion that I was talking about with flexibility, mobility, on the other hand, would be active. So you're stimulated, you're alert, you're ready. Um, think of like when you're going for a sprint, you're, you're tense, you're tight, and you're in control of your body instead of just like, I don't want to say a f- blob, but like you're not just laying there like a meh. That's my only way of describing it. But through those ranges of motion, that would be considered mobility. Then priming is kind of like mobility if you want to think of it that way, but it's basically just waking up your central nervous system through movement so you're ready to crush that workout or sport or run or whatever you're about to do. And your central nervous system, which people also shorten it because long words, is called your CNS, which is consisted of your brain and your spinal cord. And your spinal cord will run through your spine and will send messages and get messages from things called neurons, which will constantly be sending messages back and forth to your brain and other body parts. So think of your neurons as being these like little tiny mailman who are like, hey, here's this letter. Here's this information you need to know. But obviously, your central nervous system and your neurons work a lot faster than a little mailman, or I don't think we would get very much done throughout the day if that was the case. But if I'm not stretching or doing a warm-up jog or walk before my workout, what am I doing? You might guess by some of the definitions, but I do priming. And like I said before, priming wakes up your central nervous system and gets you alert and ready for the workout. So when most people think of doing a warm-up, they either think of doing a little jog or stretching or doing some warm-up sets before they go in for like a squat or a deadlift if they're lucky. I know sometimes some people are like, I just need to jump into a workout because I only have this period of time then I have to leave right afterwards so I don't have time for a warm-up. And the problem with these things is first, it's a very general warm-up. Everyone is coming from different histories of injuries, periods of their life, younger or older, and it's not specific. Different people are going to need different things. It's kind of like if you went to the doctor and you told them all your symptoms and they gave you the same prescription as someone with totally different symptoms. They're not going to do that. It's the same thing with your warm-up. You need to personalize your warm-up for you. So with priming, you're able to get more personalized with the needs for your body for that workout. Or depending on the workout that you're doing, if you do a body part split, let's say it's more upper body day, you might want to do more warming up for your upper body compared to your lower body. But it could also be maybe you have difficulty with ankle mobility. So you'll do something like combat stretch before going into a squat. Or I know some of my clients, they get super tight in their hips and that prevents them from being able to go through a full range of motion 
with their squats or just like at least 90 degrees. So I would do something called 90-90 to loosen up those hips and get them alert and stable and ready. Or this could be with benching. Maybe you need to warm up your upper body more and your back so that you're not rounding forward in your bench press, causing more stress on your shoulders compared to putting the weight on your chest where that's actually where you're trying to hit instead of it being a more shoulder exercise. Secondly, you're not going to wake up your nervous system as much as you will with priming. When you are stretching or doing foam rolling, you're literally telling your body to relax. You have these sensory organs in your body called spindle fibers and sensory receptors called goji tendons that play a role in stretching. These muscle spindles will tell your body to change the or the change in length of your muscles and how fast this is happening. So this will prevent you from like overstretching. So for example, again, that person who was super duper tight and they didn't want to stretch any further because they felt like their hamstring was going to break, that's your muscle spindles yelling, being like, stop stretching farther, you're going to break me. Like this is this is the end point. We don't want to stretch any further because we feel like we're going to have some sort of injury. And then your Golgi tendon, these, this is located between your muscles and your tendons or like where they meet. And these sense the change in muscle tension and speed and force that you're putting on the muscle. Now, when you are holding a stretch for a long period of time, this causes both the muscle spindle fibers and the muscle to relax, which will in turn tell your central nervous system to relax. Now you might be thinking, okay, I'm going in for a workout to build my muscle, to build strength. Why, like, I don't understand why my central nervous system has anything to do with my muscle contractions. And it actually does. I won't get too nerdy on you because like you're not here to learn anatomy and physiology. But like I said in the beginning, your central nervous system is your brain and spinal cord. And this will send messages through things called neurons. And this is important to remember because in the way your muscles contract, it's basically your neurons sending chemical messengers called neurotransmitters telling your muscles to contract or not. And if you are telling your body to relax, then it's not going to be as alert in your workout or be ready for that movement. But if you're telling your body to like, hey, wake up, then it's going to be alert and ready to do whatever movement that you want it to do. So think of your central nervous system like this. It's basically the supercharger for your muscles to perform a task instead of relaxing it before you're going to do a lift. So literally just think your central nervous system is like, activate me, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Or like you have, a, you have a button where it says activate me or relax me. And when you're going in for a workout, you obviously want to press the button to activate me because you don't want to be like a meh again my only description when you're going through a workout also I've found that if I feel very lethargic before going into a workout even doing some priming will even again wake me up and feel more alert for my workout and get me ready or prepped so for an example 
I know a lot of people take pre-workout or have coffee and these drinks, I guess is the only way I can define it, have caffeine in it or have other stimulants that cause you to be alert. So when you're taking this drink or if you do dry scooping, if that's your thing, which please don't choke, I am praying for you. Um, these products have chemicals in them that tell your body to wake up and be ready for the day. The same thing happens with priming. You are telling your body to wake up for a workout and you have and you are telling specific muscle groups to fire when that comes in handy. Now, I'm not saying that like other muscle groups aren't going to fire at all, but I know some people have like where they feel one side of their butt compared to like they don't feel the other side at all. And a lot of people call it like sleepy butt syndrome or at least like that's when like both of them don't fire. But sometimes when people go into a squat, they can only feel one side of their butt and to build muscle bodybuilders try and isolate certain parts of their body so that they can build muscle. Now, that's not to say that that muscle isn't building, but if you are able to connect to a muscle, you are able to fire that muscle easier, therefore, then build more muscle. The more connection you have, the easier it is to build that muscle and fire it. So you might do things that help you fire that other side of the butt to wake it up. Or if you have rounded forward shoulders, you might feel it difficult to feel your chest when benching. And so you try and do some rows before a workout so that you are able to pull your shoulders back, get ready, get set for that bench, and you actually feel it in your chest. Or I know for some people, they have a hard time connecting to their core. I have a ton of clients where I'm doing these movements with them and I know they can do the movement, but they lack the core stability or the core strength to just keep their back straight, especially when it comes to doing a good morning and they have to keep a straight back and they end up just bending over at their back. They know how to push their hips back, but they don't have the strength to keep their core in and to keep their back straight. And so being able to activate their core can come in handy. Again, like I said, these will help you feel more connected and more fluid within your workouts compared to just taking like a stimulant or doing a normal warm-up because again, you are personalizing your warm-up to you and getting ready for that workout. Now, I want to talk about mobility because that is also beneficial, but mobility isn't going to be before your workout. This is just working on being able to have active strength through a range of motion. So I like this example that Sal gives on Mind Pump where he talks about having a baby who is like super flexible. They can sit down in a squat and just like pick at the grass or pick at the dirt or whatever, but you're not going to put a barbell on a baby's back because they don't have the strength in that range of motion to put load on. But when you work on your mobility, you are able to have strength in that squat, in that range of motion to perform that task. And for me, this was really important because I was one of those people who were super flexible. I Well, I don't want to say super flexible, but I was fle more flexible than the average person. And I would go in for a squat and I could get really low. But again, once I put load on there, my form just started breaking down and I was kind of like this noodle sort of situation. 
And I really had to work on stopping myself at certain points because that was the end range of motion that I had with strength. It is important to remember it's where you have strength. I didn't have strength going lower than 90 degrees, but I'm still working on lowering down to that 90 degrees with strength. And an example with an exercise would be, again, doing those 90-90s. So to explain that better, it's Basically, you sit down and you put your front leg in a 90 degree angle and then your back leg in a 90 degree angle. And then you try and take that back leg and push it up or like pull it up. But a lot of the times people can't even get their foot up. And so what will happen is someone could come behind you and push that back leg up so you can you have the flexibility to get that leg up, but you don't have the neurological connection um, or the mobility to actually push, pull that leg up because you don't have the control over it. So it's important to work on mobility so that you can do those things and feel more stable in things like your squat, your lunges. Well, that's specifically for the 90-90, but even like for your upper body or core, depending on what you're working on. Mobility can also help prevent pain or injury. I really like mobility because there's a heavy emphasis on multiple directions or multi-direction. We work so much on just the frontal plane and that's doing just like movements in front of you where it's just like squatting, excuse me, It's not frontal plane. It's sagittal plane. (laughs) Um, You're doing so many movements that are just like in front of you. So thinking like bench press, think like uh, squatting, deadlifting, like they're all just right in front of you or right behind you. And that's literally it. There's no twisting. There's no turning. And if you don't work on the movement, your body doesn't want to waste energy on maintaining that movement so a lot of the times people get injury just from turning behind them and reaching into the back seat or I know for me recently which is honestly pretty sad because I work on a lot of twisting movements but I was playing around and doing some basketball and I was working on like jabbing and cutting and then I like pulled something in my lower back and it was from twisting and I guess I just I hadn't been working on that strength in that area that my body was got super tense because it felt that injury and then I just felt super tight the next day because that's how your body makes itself feel safe and again if you're sitting down at a desk all day you're in this movement for a long period of time so that's what your body's used to that's what that's the energy your body is going to put into it But also think when you work on your mobility, you increase the ability to have more muscle growth. And this is because, like I said, again, you are more connected to other areas in your body. So you're able to build more muscle. So again, with the example with the squat depth, if you can go lower with control and with good form, you will be able to build more muscle because you're able to tap into that area of muscle that you weren't able to before. I'm hoping that's making sense because think of it like if you're only able to go to 90 degrees, you're only able to go through that range of motion. So only that amount of stress can go on that amount of muscle. 
But if you're able just to even go a few, like half an inch lower, you're able to build more muscle within that range of motion. And your body can only do that if it feels safe. So going back to that like Goldie tendon and spindle fibers, if your body doesn't feel safe to go to a lower range of motion, it's not going to allow you to go to that lower range of motion. But once it feels strength, once it feels safe because it has that strength to go in that range of motion, it will let you. Therefore, then you can build more muscle in that area. So my mobility days, I do it when I'm not working out. And I focus on my weak areas. And for me, that's my ankles because I want to get a deeper squat and I'm not able to push my knees past my toes as much. And then I work on my hips. I do some upper body, but since I'm really focusing on getting my squat depth, I really want to focus on my ankles and my hips more because those are my trouble areas. But I mostly just make it full body. But then I also add in some fun stuff that I've learned from yoga. So I'll throw in some headstands. I'll throw in some cool transitions from headstand to crow. I'll throw in some like side planks because those are fun for me. Or like the ones where you like stick your leg out to the side when you're doing a side plank and you kind of look like a star. Those are fun things for me because I want to make it fun so that I actually keep going back to it. But the important thing to remember is that the more you do it, the better that you will get and staying consistent with that. Because again, if you're sitting at a desk all day and you're always firing your hip flexors because you're in this like passive 90 stretch, your body's so used to that, you're going to have to keep up with doing those other exercises like the 90-90s more consistently because that's what your body favors. Your body favors tightening up your hip flexors because that's what it's used to. So you have to almost like retrain your body that, hey, these other muscles work too. But now that I've explained what mobility and priming is, how do you apply it? And I kind of explained like mobility days, I kind of just do my whatever feels good for me. But I would highly recommend just focus on one to two areas that you find that you have the most issues with. So like for me, like I said, it was my ankles and my hips. But for a lot of my clients, they have rolled forward shoulders. Um, if you can't get to 90 degrees to on a squat, maybe working on some like 90-90s or some combat stretch. Or if you have trouble with rotation or core stability, working on that. And if you have issues like this or any issues and you want to work on them, feel free to email me or DM me on Instagram and I could send you over some movements to help you start working on a mobility practice that you could do on your off days or just like between doing work or school whenever you have time pretty much. Now when you are working on these exercises It could be as easy as taking a normal stretch and instead of relaxing in it, pushing as hard as possible and in like one direction to increase the range of motion. So a good example is most people know what a pigeon pose is. You get into like a plank and then you bring one of your legs up to your chest and then you lay it down in front of you on the ground. And most people would stretch their arms out in front of them and try and touch the ground and just be passive in it and relax. But instead of doing that, what I would want you to do is push that front leg down as hard as possible or your knee 
And don't worry about hurting yourself because, again, your body has so many things that are going to prevent you from hurting yourself, especially because it is a body movement and you're not adding load to it. But I want you to push down as hard as you can for like five seconds and then come right back out of it. So you would just like relax is a good way to say it. And then you'd push down hard again and then relax again. And this will prime your central nervous system to do any task that you're about to do or do in the future. Again, consistency is key because if you're at a desk all day, your muscles and neurons are used to being in that certain position and firing your hip flexors and not your glutes or making you feel rounded forward with your shoulders. And the more that you do this, the better your posture and the better your movement will be and this will decrease the likelihood of you having an injury or pain in the future. But I also want to clarify that stretching has a place. And I'm not saying I don't ever stretch, but it's important to know when to stretch and when not to. And this could even include foam rolling. And I like to put stretching and foam rolling after a workout because again stretching and foam rolling is going to tell your central nervous system to relax it's going to press that button to relax me and I like putting it at the end of the workout because it takes me out of that sympathetic state and puts me in the parasympathetic state which is your rest and digest ready to recover and it aids in speeding up that process for recovery stretching can also be great for people who are super stressed Again, it's telling your central nervous system to focus on breathing and having nice blood flow and just telling it to relax. I know when I first started doing yin yoga, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head at first and I literally hated (laughs) just sitting in a stretch for a long period of time because thoughts would be racing through my head and I would feel like I need to get this done, I need to get this done. But the more I just channeled my relaxing self and trying to relax as much as possible, the easier it was and the more benefit I got out of it. But the important thing to remember is when you are stretching, do not strain through the stretch because that will heighten your central nervous system. So like think of when people are like trying to stretch, like they're going past that range of motion. They're like, I just want to touch my toes as hard as possible. That's going to heighten your nervous system instead of actually relaxing it and getting the benefits. You don't want to grind and hold your breath and hold your teeth (laughs) because that's not going to help you. And then if you want to work on certain yoga poses or just certain things like your splits or something like that, you're probably going to have to do some more stretching. So that's where stretching really comes in handy. But I've also heard a lot of yoga teachers talk about instead of just relaxing in a lot of yoga poses, you actually have to have strength and that's where the mobility comes in to get the full benefit of the yoga practice. And if you're just super tight when stretching or you're just relaxing in the poses, you're not stimulating your muscles you're just resting on the joint and that's where injury and pain comes in if you just rely solely on your joints because your joints don't have the strength to hold up you or the muscle it just has what is called synovial fluid and if you keep breaking that down then that will start degrading that's why you want to focus more on your muscles than you do your joints 
But to get the true benefits of stretching, you really actually need to hold the stretch for at least 30 seconds. And this includes foam rollers. I've seen so many people where they just roll back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with a foam roller. And it's like you're not getting the benefits. This is a big rant for later, but... When you are using a foam roller, instead of rolling back and forth, what you want to do is get roll, but then once you feel a tight area, hold it there for that 30 seconds and then just let your body start relaxing in that tight area and then move on to the next spot. You don't just want to roll back and forth because again, you're not getting the full benefits. But I hope this helped you better understand when to stretch the impacts of mobility and priming to help in your daily life and that you got something out of this podcast. I thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And if you have any questions, again, please feel free to email me at Podcast at gmail.com or DM me at Rebecca.8 and send me any questions you have. Or if you are like, hey, I want to start doing some mobility or priming before my workouts, but I don't know what to do. I will happily send you over some mobility movements that you would want to start working on. So I hope you have a great rest of your day and I can't wait to babble with you next time.